Hi, I'm Adam Geis. I'm David Lurch. We're hosts of the EdTech Distilled Podcast, which is a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com sponsors, find the NVTA logo, and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Amy Buckley is the Chief Academic Officer and Co-Founder of StudyHelp, a tutoring platform. You can hear Amy talk about StudyHelp at stephenmaletto.com slash 449. That's episode 449. Amy has given me a few hundred dollar gift cards for StudyHelp, you know, to give away. That is so cool. Just send me an email at my contact page, stephenmaletto.com slash contact. Simply say, I would like a hundred dollar gift card to StudyHelp. First come, first serve. This is a giveaway that is awesome. Good luck. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Lee Matthew Goldberg. That's right. He's back. You've heard him talk about his novel, The Ancestor, on episode 325 and his sci-fi novel, Orange City, on episode 363. Well, today we're talking about his mystery thriller, Stalker Stalked. I love this book. Couldn't stop reading. And you'll love this interview. Thanks for listening. And then, by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you would go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, review the podcast. Could you do that for me? That'd be so awesome. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Have you noticed your students are struggling to adjust being back in school? Uh, having difficulty socializing in a school setting? Or maybe facing an increase in peer conflict and, and engaging in off-task behavior? Uh, maybe even experiencing emotional states that are not conducive to academic learning? As a result, you may feel your typical strategies are no longer working or you're tired and or frustrated and might really just be unsure how to meet the needs of your students. Just in case that's not enough, you still are human with your own personal life experiences to balance. It's no wonder teachers are overwhelmed, burned out, and ready to leave the classroom. Well, Lynn and Yvette can't fix it all, but in their stress support in the classroom workshop, they promise they will help you deepen your understanding of stress responses and create a plan to support yourself and the students you serve. I'm proud to be an affiliate supporting this workshop. This two-part workshop will help you make adjustments to your practices to help meet the needs of the majority of your students, all while helping you manage your own stress. They will be teaching you strategies you can use immediately and guiding you through wellness-promoting activities like yoga, meditation, and breathing. If you can't make the live event, recordings will be provided. Registration is now open. Sign up at the link on my website, stephenmaletto.com, on the front page, or go to stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors. Look for the Connect, Flow, Grow logo and click on the link to register for the Stress Support in the Classroom Workshop. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. 
And now here's Steve with this week's show. Lee Matthew Goldberg is the author of the novels The Ancestor, which you can hear us talk about on episode 325 of this podcast, Slow Down, The Mentor, The Desire Card, Orange City, which you can also hear us talk about on episode 363 of of this podcast, and the young adult series Runaway Train and Grenade Bouquets. His books are in various stages of development for film and TV. He has been published in multiple languages and nominated for the 2018 Prix du Polar, and he is the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Fringe, dedicated to publishing fiction that's outside of the box. After graduating with an MFA from the New School, his writing has also appeared in the Los Angeles Review of Books, The Millions, Volume 1, Brooklyn, Lit Reactor, Monkey Bicycle, Fiction Writers Review, Kajabi, Necessary Fiction, Hypertext, If My Book, Past 10, The Anthology Dirty Boulevard, The Montreal Review, The Adirondack Review, The New Plains Review, Underwood Press, and so many others. He has a contributor to Pipeline Artists also. His pilots and screenplays have been finalists in Script Pipeline, Book Pipeline, Stage 32, We Screenplay, The New York Screenplay, Screencraft, and The Hollywood Screenplay Contest. Lee is the co-creator of the Gorilla Lit Reading Series, and we're excited to have him back on the show today. Today, Lee will be talking about his novel, Stalker Stalked. Lee, great to have you back on the show, and say hi to everyone. Hey, everyone. And yeah, thanks again for having me, Steve. This is always a blast to do. Um, and I think we'll have fun with this one. This is this is my my most crazy of all my books. That's awesome. It's glad to have you back. And I got to tell you, you're right. This is this is definitely crazy because the, the, there wasn't really craziness in the first one. That was all serious. No. And and, uh, and then in the second. It's like I saved all my crazy for this book. <laughs> I love it. This is, it, it's and. I agree with you. You did. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a good thing too. So, you know, what we got to do is we got to start here because this book is awesome. All right. I, I, I loved it. I couldn't stop reading it. And, mm. uh, and uh, matter of fact, I finished it in one setting and that's unique for very unique for Ooh, me. Okay. Oh, wow. I like it. I'm an avid reader. And normally yeah. though, there's lots of things that interrupt me. Well, okay. Yeah. Not this time. Okay. So, <laughs> cool, cool, um, very cool. so, so before we dive into the story itself, Talk about where the inspiration came from for Stalker Stalked. Sure. Um, so I, I wanted to write a stalker book. I just had in my head that I had just come off writing uh, my book, The Ancestor, which is a very research-driven, um, long historical novel. Um, and I wanted to do something a little kind of easier for myself. Um, so I was like, oh, let me write like a fun thriller about a stalker. And I was like, oh, they've been done so many times. How could I like make a, like a little twist to it? And I was like, huh, what if the stalker becomes stalked and kind of turn the whole tables on that? And then I thought to make it more ridiculous and kind of, you know, satire and funny to bring in this reality TV aspect of it. So the character's obsessed with reality television and it, it dilutes her own reality as well. So you don't know, is she being stalked? Is she not being stalked? Um, is she stalking somebody else? So the whole book is almost like a clusterfuck, basically. I love it. I love it. It was awesome. And it, and it just, it's so much, it's so cool because that's what makes it so engaging because you're like, well, what's really going on here, man? This sure. is, mm. And I love that because it, it doesn't, uh, I mean, just as you think, you know what's going on. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> Never know what's going on. Yeah, and, and like I said, you know who is stalking her. Um, nobody has ever guessed 
as to who who the actual stalker is. So I, I, I feel like I did my job with that. You definitely did. I had no clue who, who that was going to be. So that just totally surprised me. It, you know, an aspect of your story deals with these different addictions. And one, addic- mm-hmm. and one addiction has to do with a fan love of the voyeurism associated with the characters, actors, you know, storylines of reality TV. And I got to ask, are you a fan of reality TV? And let's go um, from there. I actually really am. Um, I, yeah. I'll read Dostoevsky for fun, but um, I love a good reality TV show. Uh, my favorite has always been Survivor. I have seen every single Survivor episode. It's on the 41st season. Um, but that's like a good reality TV show. Like there's like gameplay and there's athleticism. Um, for this one, I watched a lot of sort of the bottom level reality TV shows. It was a lot of like, Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, like those kind of shows that are just, you know, batshit and ridiculous. Um, And I kind of fell in love with some of them. Some of them really like hook you in and, you know, the characters, they're real people, but they become characters and they become real in some ways. Um, So it was perfect. And it was a really fun research to do after doing like intensive research for my last one. I can imagine what a a different feel that would be as you're going... Yeah, I, I must yeah. F- and it was like the it was like it crossed over with the early pandemic, so it was like, what was I doing? Like, we were all home just watching TV anyway. Nice, nice. I like that. Pretty much. I'm actually doing research. Yes, I I must watch all these yeah, bad reality. I, I would tell myself that I'm like, you know, even though I'm watching TV all day, it's like it's research from a book. So that's awesome. The because uh, it really plays out. I mean, you had. It, you have this, the, the characters just, I mean, it just feels so right. And, you know, one of the things that I, um, you know, my age bracket, the, the big deal back when I was in college and such were, were um, you know, people watching the soap operas and, uh, you know, sure. mm-hmm. shows that made runs for all those years and uh, um, for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, one of the things that often happened, which I, th- I think is part of the social media world of the reality shows today which is that people confuse reality with, uh, you know, the, the fact that we've got actors in, you know, in the, in the, right. in the past, yeah. you know, they, they might, you know, approach somebody, you know, one of the, the soap opera stars in a, in a store or something like this and say, you know, you really need to stop messing around. She's such a good girl. And you're, you're seeing this other one, you know, and it hears reports like that all the time that they're like th- thinking it's all real. You know, and I, we see some of that with this reality stuff too, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with soap operas, it's a perfect example. You know, it's these people are are five days a week in the living rooms of the people watching and years and years and years. I mean, those people are going to become real. There's they're with them sometimes more than real people in their lives. Um, And I think the same with the, you know, reality TV and these days, too, with the influence of social media and, and all of that it's so easy to engage with a reality TV person. I mean, like they're like begging for it. So you, 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 you have this like new look into their lives. You watch them on the show, you go on their Instagram, you watch their stories. So you're even more involved in these people's lives if you want to be, and it makes them feel even more real and they are real people. I mean, you know, Certain shows, I think it's it, it's questionable as to like what's real and what's not with them. But I think a lot of them, for the most part, what's happening is real and the emotions are real. Everything's just heightened. So it's like, you know, somebody said this about somebody and they make it more of a big deal than it needs to be in the context of like what's happening in the world. 
Um, but it, the emotions I think are there. It's the producers, you know, like, you know, drumming up the drama a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I think like Stogger Stock's just an example of that. It's somebody who's, you know, takes all of this and it heightens their own reality into what they think they're seeing, what, what they may not be seeing. I love that. And, you know, through the <laughs> actually using the social media and, and, and I could see this happening, you know, someone who, to reinforce their character, certainly responds to somebody who's respond, you know, mm-hmm. on social media or the same sort of thing. Like I described with meeting the, the, the soap opera actor in a store or something like right. this, you, mm-hmm. you're at a party and the you know, person has no clue who you are, you know, <laughs> like, but uh, you engage with them and you think you've connected with them, you know, and it's something like yeah, this. Yeah, totally. I once, I remember, I, and, and again, I was saying, I love the show survivor. I had a couple drinks and I was in a hotel and I'm on the escalator and I see one of the winners and I, for a second, I thought I knew them. I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, I, I, I can't remember where I met you, but I remember, you know, and they looked at me like, who the hell are you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so, so Oh, you won survivor. I'm so sorry. And again, I had a couple drinks in me. Um, <laughs> but for a split second, I literally thought I knew them because I just watched that season. I mean, they were like, fresh in my mind it was a really like weird thing and I felt really embarrassed about it and you know I really shouldn't because it's not like it went like any further or anything um but it was it was a complete example of like a normal person I hope um that for one second like you know jumped over into this like surreality kind of yeah, that's wild because it, it it could really especially I mean watching enough of those shows if you watch it in sequence and all that sort of stuff you do get to yeah yeah feel for the character who they are or something that it would totally be- totally you know and like i remember that you know her, her mom was sick she had a whole like arc of a story and one and it, it, she was like a worthwhile winner like you rooted for her um so yeah it was it was a very bizarre thing i just remember that now actually i didn't even put that in the book or anything that's cool that's cool you know one a, a different addiction that comes up in your story is the replacement of love and real connections mm-hmm. with pain medications and yeah. and very timely subject, by the way, any messages here or, or just something you felt fit well? Yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. You know, I think the book is an attack on a lot of things. It's an attack on, like we said, social media, you know, it's attack on like all addictions. So addictions to, you know, media um, and definitely addictions to, um, you know, like pills, especially, you know, there's even taking away like the opioid crisis, which is not about the book really, you know, so many people are addicted to what is like prescribed medication these days. And Lexi, the main character, she's, you know, a pharmaceutical rep. So she's the perfect occupation for her addiction. She literally has to get doctors to buy her drugs. And isn't it easy just to take some of those here and there. So she, she can't escape her, her, her life is her addiction almost, which is really sad. Um, but for her, it's a party. It's like, she can get her, you know, fake that I call them my blue heavens. It's what she calls them. She can get them whenever she wants. And she's not a great pharmaceutical rep. Um, so the job is secondary to the pill addiction really, which is sad. And, you know, I, I, I think, um, there's too many, it's like doctors so easily prescribe pills and drugs for things that maybe other things really could be the thing that cures it, you know, that it's an easy way out almost. 
Um, and then people get addicted and, you know, they're, they're stuck almost. Yeah, that's a, it comes through loud and clear there. And it's, and I got to tell you, it seems so real in that book because you could see how somebody, their life's questionable. They got issues going on and, you know, just take one or two of these and. You know, yeah, I've had people reach out, um, you know, readers or, or viewers um, who, who come from an addiction background that um, really had like supportive things to say about the book. I've, I've never had an, an addiction problem. So that was the type of research for the book that, that really was serious. I really was trying to capture it as well as possible. Um, but I was surprised that, that uh, as to that reaction, because the book is so ridiculous that I didn't even realize that, you know, people who had these serious issues would kind of hone in on that and almost give her more of a pass than I think some other readers. They found the, the, the like humanity in her, um, which I do, but a lot of other readers don't, <laughs> they just think she's horrible. Um, but addiction does, you know, it, 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 it makes you like a dual person almost sometimes. And that's really what happens with Lexi. There's a good girl inside of her it's just been, you know, abused as a child and through trauma and addiction and like chipped at and whittled away almost. Yeah, that's it. And it, and she is, I mean, it's funny because to me rather quickly as a reader, she became someone who you, you kind of felt for. Good, and, good. And, and then she'd do something. It's I like, know. and you sort of <laughs> say, stop that, you know, it's like, and yeah, then, and then yeah. You, yeah, and it, it made you, I mean, it, it, touch your heart because you wanted something to go right for her and uh, she was her own worst enemy type thing. I would hope so. I mean, I've had, I, like I, there was this one reviewer that was just like, she's the worst person and I hate her and her, nice. uh, but I read the whole book and it's like, did, you know, did you really, did you really like, you kind of loved her. Um, you know, you love to hate her sometimes, but I think she's very human. You know, it, it, it's this thing that happens sometimes, especially in the publishing industry where you have to like, love our characters you know editors have to love a character and like connect with them and you know like humans are complicated people and we don't certainly don't love everybody that exists and you know a lot of times people are horrendous and people are horrible and those people have stories to tell too and like this is one of their stories basically um which i think has made it hard to connect like like a, a like a huge commercial publisher was not interested in this book at all because they didn't like the character. That was really the main reason. They just didn't like her. That's sad because, you know, yeah. I really, I mean, quickly, you start rooting for her because it's like, come on, come on. We can yeah, do something. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, and, you know, my current publisher, you know, uh, of it, that, you know, that was his reason. Like he, you know, he saw, again, like the humanity in her. Um, and that publisher, all due respect, they like kind of, um, those type of unreliable, unlikable narrators, you know, it's, it's, it's a press that really is like for that, um, which is great because, you know, like you, you shouldn't, it's a weird thing to be like, I have to love this character to read the book. I, I, to me, I just don't know. Maybe it's like the New Yorker in me where it's like, you know, I know I don't love everyone. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, maybe I, I don't know. Like you know, to grow up and live with nine million people for my whole life, it's like <laughs> you're not going to love everyone, right? No definitely, definitely not. You know, it's no, no. It, it's funny because I I just can't. I don't know. You know, because because there, there's a interaction with her and her someone who stayed by her side for all these years, mm -hmm. and you know, and then it's it's that interaction. I could see somebody 
hate them, but at this hate nerve, but at the same time, it gets, it still kind of works itself through it, it all the time, which tells you that yeah. there's something good. And I, and I wanted to point this out. One of the things that Lexi does a lot is sometimes just absolute strangers. She explains what she was doing or why she did something. And that's when you, yeah. that's what yeah, made me that's start interesting. Feeling that's interesting. That's, it's it's like I never thought about that, but it's like that's the person who she maybe could be the most honest to almost because they don't know her and they don't know her like crap almost her past and her trauma and her addiction. It's just like a sounding board kind of when she ultimately goes to the therapist towards the end of the book. And even though then she slides back when she has that moment of, of therapy, I think that's like an awakening because that's something she probably should have done as a child, you know, if she was in a normal circumstance and in the absence of that, she never really had somebody to like, just be honest about things with. And, and I, I think that's like a sweet moment that, that she has where the therapist sees her, she doesn't judge her. She just sees her and she, you know, she's like judged her whole life always. Yeah, and I think that that comes through strong. That's all what you're describing is all part of why I like the character because it's like you yeah. just you just start to, and like I said, when she starts telling people, and she says to herself, "I'm not sure why I'm telling you this," but you know, it's it's like, well, there's that real person right there. That's that's yeah. She's just trying to. There's get also through. something very like, especially writing her. There's something very freeing and childlike about her. She does not give an f, and she does whatever she wants. You got that without, right. Any like, you know, so she lives this just like she's just pure impulse, you know, and, and that was writing her. It was just writing somebody who like almost never thinks twice, never like takes a beat, just does. Um, so she was a really, really fun, probably one of the most fun characters I've ever created um, because she's so like anything could happen almost. So as a fiction writer, like she's perfect for that because it's like no holds barred almost. That's cool. That's uh, and and she definitely does whatever she wants because there's one great scene in it. It makes her a star, but uh, you know, it's, um. yes, yeah. I mean, she's the perfect reality. And you know, when they're casting reality TV, that's exactly what they want. They want somebody who just lives off the cuff and, you know, all their emotions are on their sleeve basically. So yeah, she's, she's the perfect person of who she loves actually, even though she doesn't realize that. Which is so awesome. So cool. The, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the other addictions that you have in here is that we've already referred to it a bunch of times is the stalking of another person. And, right. uh, and you know, you have this, this whole thought, there's something going on where um, she maybe being stalked and, and, mm. uh, but at the same time, she's stalking reality TV show people on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where'd that yeah, idea come from? It's very like meta almost. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I just wanted to put a spin to so many stalker books and just to put a twist on that, i never had read one where the stalker actually was being stalked and it creates this like endless loop almost. It's like an infinity sign. It's like, you know, it never ends. It's just stalking and stalked and stalking and stalked. And I think these days, you know, especially with social media, we've all become stalkers a little bit. You know, everybody, if you have social media, has at one point looked up somebody from their past to see how they're doing. You know, so there's this, we live in this world now where it's very easy to stalk somebody. You know, Lexi takes it to a different level, obviously. Most but definitely. 
right now there's a million people stalking somebody else, basically. Easy. And it's funny because it is. I mean, it's a lot easier today and you can find out all kinds of yeah. things. And, and it's like you've been stalked. I've been stalked. We've all been at some point looked up by somebody else. And, you know, even these days, it's like you go on a first date. And if you know the person's name, you Google them. I mean, you want to know a little bit. It takes the mystery out of it. But also you, you want to make sure that they're not a psychopath. Right. No, it makes sense. You know, and it's uh, um, or find out a little bit about them and. It's got to be yeah, a little surprising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we're just so more in each other's lives. More is a detriment, I think it's become, obviously. At the beginning, it was like, ooh, this is interesting. <laughs> and now it's becoming like an issue and a problem. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, especially, uh, you know, there's any number of, of levels that it, it becomes a problem. So it's just it's just interesting. I, I, I I was going to say, I just read um, this amazing book, which I highly recommend. It's Dave Eggers' new book. It's called The Every. Um, it's a sequel to his book, The Circle. And it's sort of where we'll be in 20 years in terms of all of this. And if you really want to read like a horror novel that's masked as not a horror novel, it's the most frightening thing I've ever read, really. Wow. Because it's so real and true and just how, how we behave as a society and what society is like moving towards in terms of social media, just taking over everything. Um, so yeah, that's a plug. Not that Dave Eggers needs my plug, but like <laughs> it was really good. Cool. I'll have to check that out. The, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a little worried about where we're going and there's, there's so many, yeah. there's so much sci-fi that I like from the past that I liked it as, you know, thoughts that it may not, never happen. Now we're starting to see something get a little. Yeah. I mean, go back to George Orwell, like, yes. you know, more than ever, Big Brother is is a reality. Well, you got that right. You know, it's like, and then to have uh, pretty soon the uh, you know vehicles will be asking you, uh, so sir, where do you want to go today? And you know, yeah, oh yeah, I'm actually all for that because I've never gotten a driver's license because I'm actually afraid to drive. Nice. So I've been waiting for those cars my whole life. Like, bring it. Nice, nice. And see, New York seems like a perfect setting for just block off all the streets and only allow those vehicles. Yeah, or you know what? We don't need vehicles here. Like, just let's get rid of them. You could do that too. You could do that too, which would be cool. But you don't. Need it. Yeah. But if it starts deciding whether uh, what we're where we're going is exactly where we really need, no, sir, you don't really need to go there. I need to yeah, take you. Yeah, <laughs> right. When AI has an opinion, yes. that's you know that that's that's when we're moving into a scary territory. Definitely. Yeah, that right. But I will have to check out that book because that's that seems like something. Yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant book. Yeah, very cool. I, you know, we've we've mentioned. A little bit of this coming and going here, but you know, your protagonist has some character flaws, which is a serious understatement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, to say the least. Kind of describe when you started designing or creating Lexi. Who who is she? Yeah. Who, who is she meant to be? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, when I was creating her, I it, it was the same thing I did for my book Runaway Train. Also, because they're the only books I've written in the voice of a female, which I had never done before. So I kind of began with the humor and the humor actually with her is like quite similar to mine. Like everything's just kind of funny. So like I, I kind of just began with her humor and, and that, and then I started building sort of more and more into it. And I, speaking of reality TV, I kind of picked three or four different reality TV people and I mushed them all together to create 
her basically. So when I was watching a lot of these shows, I was like, okay, that one, that one, and that one. And, and she kind of became from that. So like, I would really actually love if one of those people ever read the book to see if they ever saw elements of themselves, which they would never admit to, but if they saw elements and I won't say the people, because that's probably really mean um, to do because, you know, it's not in the best light, but on the flip side, it also is a testament to like the love I had for them because they, they were so much more noticeable than everybody else in the cast. They really stood out. So they kind of did their reality TV job. Um, so maybe they would be, um, you know, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So self-involved anyway that like it, it'll go over them. Yeah. Right. That, that, or you're going to find yourself accosted on them. <laughs> you, you, you know? well, like, okay, I'll give an example of somebody. This, this was, um, it was the show, the real, the real housewives of New York, um, which was the one I watched the most, obviously, cause I'm from New York. And there was a woman a seasons back. She had her leg amputated. She was in a terrible accident when she was a child on a farm and she lost her leg and, it, you know, trauma and trauma. And she was actually a pretty horrible person on the show. She was really just awful to everybody. And she was trying to make a point at um, a very fancy restaurant and to try to show how she's not fake. There was like an argument like you're fake. And she's like, I'm not fake. And she takes off her fake leg and she throws it across the room and she screams, that's the only thing about me that's fake. And that moment was the exact, just like what stalker stalk would be like, like that that could happen. And that was a reality was what I was going for. So I used that as just a baseline. I was like, okay, that ridiculousness is what I always want for this book, basically. So thank you. Her name is Aviva Drescher. Thank you, Aviva Drescher. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I could see that moment there because that's, uh, the, the, you know. Yeah, it was pretty wild to watch. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that wasn't real. Like, she knew she was going to do that the whole time. But I don't think anybody else knew. So their reactions was pure reality, um, nice. which is interesting because then you have this mix of like, who knows what in terms of a situation. So I used a lot of that too, like, you know, the outside characters reactions to Lexi in the same way, like she's nuclear, like you never know what you're getting. So their reactions were very honest and it's almost like they're the more reliable narrators than her when you're reading it. That's awesome because that, that really is. And, and since you brought that up, I got I got to go there because that's you know one of yeah. the things with your story is that uh, you know your main character without without me going too far into it, I mean she's not exactly the most reliable source of information. No, no. <laughs> and, and she's the one telling you the story. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a device in in fiction writing. You know, the unreliable narrator and you know. It's classic in, you know, Catcher in the Rye, Flowers for Algernon, like some of them, you know, the best books in, in literature have an unreliable narrator. And sometimes you don't quite know, like Catcher in the Rye, you don't really know until the end because you don't realize until the end that he's like going to a mental institution. Um, you just think he's like a very glib, you know, like, you know, teenager. Um, but Lexi kind of lets you know from the start, she's pretty unreliable. So she's kind of, almost giving you like a heads up 
um, this is how it's going to be. And like, kind of, you know, don't trust me. Cause I don't even know what's real anymore between the pills and the shows and everything. Um, and it's perfect for a stalker plot because you don't know whether she's really being stalked or not, what's in her head and what's not. So it heightens like the thriller element, I think even more, um, to kind of keep you turning the pages. It really does. It really does. Especially because once, once that's, that's funny, I'm going to use this word. Once that sense of reality sets in that, mm-hmm. hmm, all right, is she hopped up on her pills? Right, <laughs> or right. Or is this really happening? And especially when she's interacting with other people who you get the sense that they're, they're, they may be on a different plane of reality than she is. Yeah, and, but the thing that's interesting is like it's always real. Even if she's hopped up on pills, it, it's still her reality. So, you know, we speak of reality as like, oh, well, that's that's not because she's hopped up. But like, literally, that's her reality. So she's being as honest as possible, even though she's unreliable. Like she would call herself honest, um, which I think also makes her to me endearing, you know, as well. Like, I hope you're rooting for her. I've had reviewers that absolutely can't stand her and hate her. Um, But the people that really get the book, like the way you're describing it. Um, you know, she goes on a journey and she goes on like a hero's journey a little bit in some ways. And, you know, I think that's like an addict's journey a lot of times as well. You have to hit rock bottom to then kind of, you know, start moving up. Yeah. And, and she's rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, she does. And yeah, she does. And that, it's that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And it's, it's like, uh, and, uh, and transformation is going to take place, which is cool. So it's, you know, it's, that's just really, I, I like it. I, I don't know about the people who can't stand her. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I've always had, you know, I, I think the type of things that I write, sometimes you have some people that for, you know, they don't get it. They hate it. Some people are just haters too. That's true. That's true. So, well, all I know is that uh, you did a great job. with her. <laughs> she kind of sucked me into that world. And it's like, I wanted to know what happened next and what she's going to do and how it's going to work out. And, and awesome. Uh, and uh, the great thing, <laughs> well, I can't even go there because I didn't end up giving away the ending. So I'll, I'll stop. But the, the readers, you got to understand, it's good stuff. So you're going to love it. Um, cool. cool. You know, one of the things I want to look at now is your writing techniques. And, and something I really admire about the way you write is your ability to create a world that's so real. I mean, I've read, I've read uh, a, a historical based kind mm-hmm. of sort of sci-fi story. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've read sci-fi by you and I've, and now I'm in this world that's real, it's, you know, it, it could be just happening right out there in the streets today in a big city. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it all feels real. I mean, wh- thank you. What do you do to make this happen? I mean, how'd you do that with stalker stalked? I don't really know. I just, <laughs> it, it, it's something that's just like, I've been writing since I was like a very, very little kid. It's always what I've wanted to do. And a lot of times I, I I've described this before to people. I've, I've heard Stephen King actually say this. I just, I leave my body and I go somewhere for a few hours and there's stuff on the page. And usually that's like my best work when that happens. Um, so I, I don't always know. I mean, I, I think the, the best answer I can give to that is I always try to find empathy in any character that I create, even the worst characters. You haven't read my book, The Mentor, um, but The, the Mentor is, is the most evil of all characters, I would say. Um, and he was the most difficult to write because I mean, he's a killer. Um, but I had to find his empathy because he's a person still, and I had to walk in his sh- shoes in some form. 
Um, so I just try to do that with every character I create. Like I, I, I try to like, you know, be like their parent and love them as much as possible um, and understand why they do the things they do. Because even my, even that character that I was describing, he thinks he's in the right. So he, the characters that I create are always thinking that they're doing their best, even if the outside world doesn't think that. So that, that sometimes helps to like ground them in, in some type of reality. And all my books, like a little bit flirt with reality. We're, we're, we're in our world, but there's always something a little tweaked in it. And, and to me, that just makes it a little more interesting. My young adult series, not so much, but all the other ones, like there's always a little something like in the ancestor, like you said, it just flirted a little bit with like the supernatural and, um, Orange City, of course, like that one doesn't take place in this world, really. No, different reality. So, but I'm it, actually writing, I'm working on the sequel right now. That's, that's the book I'm uh, writing. Cool. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah, it's called Lemon World. Cool. I was going to ask you, is it, is it still called what you're thinking about it before Lemon World? Lemon World. Yeah. Yeah. I've finally gotten around to, <laughs> to working on it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm about a quarter finished, I would say. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah. I just, I just want to say kudos to you because I, I don't, you know, I, some, some, you know, I, I read some writers and, uh, and sometimes it takes a little bit getting into their, the world yeah. that they've done. And that's, it's not so with yours, which is cool. I just, it's oh, kind of, just kind of able to step right into it, which is, which is nice. And, 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 and in this case with stalker stock, I don't know about other people, but I'm pretty sure I've met a couple of these people in the, in your story. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely in stalker stock. Like, you know, I, part of what I love about living in New York is like, you know, overhearing dialogue and putting it into my books as well. Um, and yeah, Stalker Stock was like the perfect one for that. Like definitely some things I heard on the street made it into, into that's, that, into that cool. book. And like I said, it was, it was just a really fun book to write. It, I wrote it really fast. I think I wrote it in like three months, like the initial draft of it. Um, nice. you know, it, 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 it has like a propelled feel to it. So I think it, it works really raw and, you know, like it's not the type of book where it's like every sentence is a jewel, you know, like it's not like a Lauren Groff book or something like that, where every sentence is just like so perfect and like, you know, almost, you know, watched over and, you know, needed to make as perfect as this one is just like, like go right through it. it. It really does. It travels well. And I, and I, it travels well. It's kind of a strange thing to say, but I mean, it, it yeah, moves no, you, what you mean. as a reader and it's, it's cool. And it's like, like I said, I, I swear I've had interactions with many of many of your characters and, and uh, even someone like Lexi, who was briefly in my world, who was not really my, my associate was one of my best friends associates who I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. Just kind of, yeah, I think everybody knows Alexi in some, in some form. It's, it's that person you want to help, but you're like, do I really want to involve myself? Like, is that really, do I want to open that Pandora's box to use like a, you know, a, a, a thread in stalker stalked? Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she's like hungry for it. You know, she, she wants people to help her. She wants to get better. She definitely does. Like she, she understands she's not at her best. It, it, very much so. And uh, by the way, you brought up something that you really had me freaking out over the Pandora's box thing. All right. So I'm like, okay, yeah. we're, we're, this is, so that's a cool, that's a real cool section. It's like, Oh, later, but later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, again, in thinking like as weird and ridiculous, like, you know, there's, there's a huge chunk where she gets involved with like furries, which are people who like 
you know, wear stuffed animal costumes when they're getting intimate with one another. And it's this whole underground scene. And like, I didn't personally do the research, but I like went on like a chat thing just to, you know, like talk to some of them about it you know, while I was doing it. Um, and yeah, she, she, she kind of goes into these underground scenes and, and, and then somebody leaves a Pandora's box outside of her. Of, and the scary thing about that is like, it can mean anything. Um, and then she's being stalked by someone in a zebra costume, you know, so she's living. <laughs> she definitely was. And that's, that is the, the box itself makes it all of a sudden is a little scary. Cause what, what is the message there? So I, I thought that was cool. So just yeah. to note, that really, yeah. that, that grabbed my attention right there. We had, you know, one of the things that uh, I want to make sure that uh, we talked about is that, I mean, you, ha- I've been going through this with you right now. I mean, I feel like these people are real. I, and I, not in a scary way. Don't worry. I'm not going to be calling up. Yeah, no, I guess I guess number or something. But you know, it's you know, but it is. It, there's just this reality to uh, the characters, like uh, her friend, who's they've been friends since they were little kids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's some backstory there that's awesome. And you, uh, um, and even though she, <laughs> it's, Lexi's treatment of her is not exactly the best, she didn't yeah. still decides to stay with her and. You know, and that, that character itself is somebody who, I mean, there's, she's so real. She's not just like, you, you don't feel like she's just a tool or some sort of um, thing that the right, writer right. inserted. To you me. know, oftentimes it's like, especially if you're not in a good place, it's like you hurt the ones you love the most. Um, so that's her best friend. Her best friend is like, you know, been her ride or die her whole life. But Lexi's so miserable. It's like she wants, she can only put out that misery. So unfortunately the friend Priya is, the one that gets the misery, you know, and, and whether Priya actually is the one stalking her too. So there's, you know, that element of it all. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that character is, is like, you know, there's a lot of just bad people in this book and that character is like the purest, you know, she's, she's just like somebody who looks out for her and takes her, her, her abuse and stops enabling her. Like she's one of the first people who's like, you need help. Like you need help and I can't give you the help anymore. That's what was cool is that, yeah. And that's that so, and that those interactions are so just very real. I, yeah. And it's so cool. And just, just a note, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the, the there's just so many of these types of interactions and even the, even the stuff that you're, you're referring to as being kind of out there is, is still, I mean, you can see it happening with these reality TV stars and such. And yeah, you know, I mean, I told fan. you about the lady who threw the leg, you it's, know, it's like anything kind of goes and we're getting into this point now with it, especially with reality TV. I think now, because, you know, we've been watching it for 20, 25 years. Um, so it's like, now what's next? Like, how could, you know, and I think people who want to become reality TV stars are also thinking about that as well. Like, what can I do to really stand out? you know, what crazy thing could, could be like my kind of tag line or something. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's almost, again, it's like this no holds barred world that exists. And it was really fascinating to watch. It was also weird too, because I was watching it and then I would see them on the street because I live in New York city. So I would see one of them on the street and I'd be like, what? Like that was just weird as well. Um, and I actually I saw one of them, this is this is actually a really funny story. I saw one of them who to me is like the not the that's it's a mean word. It's mean to call somebody crazy. I'm not gonna call her crazy. Um, she's the most out there on that on that show. Um, and I saw her outside of like a, like a deli, 
on the Upper East Side. And I just said her name. I was like, Ramona, that's her name. And she goes, I am on the phone. And she like put her finger like in my face. And I was like, yeah, that tracks. Like, that's exactly what I expected from this situation. And, you know, like, who am I to like just say somebody's name on the street as well? Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that was, it was really funny. And she was, and then I like got a sandwich and I came out and she was still screaming at the same person she was screaming at on the phone. I sent the email. Like, that's it was awesome. pretty great. It was pretty great. I almost used it, but then it didn't quite fit until like, That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, Lee, we're, we're getting close to finishing up here. And, sure. uh, and I, I got to tell you, you know, just to, to make sure that I, I re, restate this, I love Stalker Stalked. It was awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. And uh, you created great characters and a great story and a story that I hadn't, I didn't figure out anything along the way, and I thought I had. Cool, cool. So very cool. Yeah, there's like a mystery aspect to it, too, that I think gets overlooked, but like it's a mystery at heart. It really is. It really is. And before we finish up, do you have a you have a YA series? One of the titles is Runaway Train. And yeah, uh, would you like to give listeners a brief description of what's going on in this story, or or maybe? Sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Runaway Train. It's a three book um, YA series. The first two, Runaway Train and Grenade Bouquets, are out. Um, I just got the cover for my third one, um, so it'll be out early next year. Uh, it's called Vanish Me. And it's about a girl in the 90s. Um, she loves grunge music. And her sister sadly dies very unexpectedly. And it kind of sends her off the rails. And through the encouragement of her friends, they encourage her to run away and pursue her dream of becoming a grunge singer and ultimately meet Kurt Cobain. Um, so in the first book, she, um, she travels up to Seattle to meet her idol. And each chapter is... a a different grunge song that kind of connects to the chapter. Um, so it's a sad, sweet, um, but ultimately like really fun um, YA series. And um, I can't like fully announce this cause we're just starting, but um, I have an actress very interested in playing the role. So we're, we're slowly starting to develop um, the TV show of it. Um, but I can't say anything more than that. I probably can't even say that, but um yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because I think this one has a really, actually the best shot I've had in, in, in becoming a TV show. Yeah. Very cool. And I, I, and I would be writing it. So I would, I would be like the, the head writer as well. Yeah. That would be awesome. Very cool. Good luck. Yeah, with I'm that. really hoping. I'm really hoping. I hope that happens for you. That'd be awesome. That's you. good stuff. So, you know, I, I, you, you've become a writing machine, man. You, you, I'm you, really fast. And it, I also have had a backlog of books for a while that like, to become sold you know so that's that's also what's happening um my my series the desire card um i was with a publisher that was not great and we just got the rights back so those five books are coming out next year as well with a reissue of um the original one awesome um, so that's exciting and i feel like it's finally at a good home Awesome. Um, and a home that pays me. So. Nice. That's, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You didn't hear that from me, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Lee, you know, we're, like I said, we're getting ready to finish out. Uh, where can le readers listen? Uh, let me try that one again. Lee, we're getting ready to close out. So uh, what I want to make sure is that where can listeners reach out and connect and learn more and, you know, connect with you there? Sure. Well, you could stalk me on social media. Um, um, Lee Matthew G on Twitter and Lee Matthew Goldberg on Instagram. 
And then my website is leematthewgoldberg.com. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from, you know, readers and, and, and everyone. So if you like my book, if you hate my book, um, it's great. Let me know. <laughs> awesome. I'll put those uh, links in the show notes so that it's easy for them to find and, yeah. and reach out to you and tell you whether they like uh, Lexi or not. So which, <laughs> which will be good. So uh, uh, Lee, thanks so much for being my guest again. Stalker Stock is Thank just, you, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, it's one word. Wow. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just great catching up with you again and I wish the best in all you do. Always. Looking for the rest of the book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.